guys, welcome back to another episode of Have You Not Heard? I am Angel H. Davis, I'm your host. Today we had the extreme privilege of chatting with Mark Shalesky about the anchor prayer. So let's get rolling. Mark Alan Shalesky is a husband, a dad of two teenagers, by the way, writer, speaker. He calls himself a recovering fundamentalist who drinks tea and rides in a motorcycle. He's a pastor with nearly 25 years of ministry experience, and he's also been on an arduous journey of emotional and spiritual recovery that has resulted in an intense interest in the connection between emotional growth and spiritual growth and how God works in and through our internal brokenness and trauma. And you know that's what this podcast is all about. So I was super psyched that he said yes to the invite to sit down and chat about this very personal prayer. So without further ado, here is Mark. Hey Mark, thanks so much for joining in with me today. I am so excited about our conversation we, uh, you know, chatted a little bit before we started recording, but I really, really appreciate the spiritual practice that you have developed or God has developed through you. And I love it for so many reasons, but one is just such a breath prayer that we can cling to. And, you know, during these times we're in, we need that a lot, but it's also a prayer that goes so deep. And that's what I hope we get to unpack some today. So welcome, welcome. And tell us, um, how did all this come about? How did this get birthed through you? Well, Angel, thank you so much for inviting me to talk about this. Um, It's uh, a a really exciting opportunity. I talk about lots of other things and don't really often get to talk about this. Mm. And the anchor prayer has become really vital and important for my spiritual journey in the last few years. Uh, I grew up in a faith community that was sort of, you know, not liturgical, low church, free church model. And so when it came to prayer, we really uh, elevated and prioritized spontaneous extemporaneous prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Prayer, Prayer was meant to be a conversation that you had with your friend Jesus. It was meant to be from your heart. It was meant to be authentic and not ritualized. And so the kind of prayer I was raised with was, you know, praying in normal language to God. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, of course, in every prayer community, in every church community, there are little kind of liturgies or rituals that develop. You might need, you might not even have that name for it. Right. Mm-hmm. But like even, but even just like the dear Jesus, I thank you for da 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 da. Please help me da 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 da. Be with da 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 da. In Jesus' name, Amen. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a kind of prayer liturgy. It's a it's an order of prayer that becomes sort of habitual, right? Because talking off the top of your head is not easy for everyone, and so we develop these tools to help structure our conversation. And so I was used to that kind of model of praying, and so sometimes mm-hmm. prayers were. Um, you know, sort of worship oriented and we're praying, we're sort of naming off God's qualities and God's goodness and giving praise to God. That kind of prayer happened a lot in church. 
sometimes our prayers were uh, grocery list prayers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, God, here's all the things I need. Here's my prayer list. Here's the people I'm praying for. Here's the the struggles I'm having, you know, and you just kind of go through the list, you know, praying for the missionaries and the president and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kitty cat that's not feeling well, right. you, know, all, right. Right? you know, all the things, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, you know, as I, as I grew up, um, you know, prayer essentially evolves, I think, for all of us, because prayer is just this bucket that includes every kind of communication that we have with God. Mm-hmm. And, as, and as we grow, the kinds of communications we have with God grow with the size of our struggles and the size of our questions and the spiritual issues that we travel through, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, in churches that are liturgical, um, there are prayers for all these things, you know, so you can get the Book of Common Prayer or mm-hmm. you can get you can get different tools from different traditions. And there are prayers specifically for different life experiences. But I didn't grow up in that environment. I grew up in an environment where basically the right way to pray was to pray what's on your heart right now. Right. And so, you know, that's wonderful. It, it taught me, it gave me a, a vision for a, 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 an imminent relationship with God where I could be honest and talk about my concerns. So that's mm-hmm. all for the good. That's all for the good. But as I've gotten older, I found that there were times when I didn't know how to pray Mm -hmm. for the things that I needed to pray for. Mm -hmm. Right. I had concerns that I couldn't even define. Right. You know, things, aches, desires for others, uh, needs that it was impossible for me to know how to pray for those things. Mm -hmm. And so that really pushed me into needing something, a a kind of prayer that was bigger. And then contrasting with that, um, uh, the last 10 years of my life have have really developed a sense of um, ongoing connection with God. That's been something I grew up in a tradition that was fairly intellectual. And and so, um, you know, relationship with God was about, a lot about behaving properly and believing mm-hmm. the right things and mm-hmm. showing up in the right places. And in the last season of my life, it's become more, I become more aware of God's presence with me. And so then that kind of shifted prayer as well. So I was needing prayers that were, that allowed me to pray for things I didn't know how to pray for. Mm-hmm. And I was also experimenting with, more of like how do you how do you really do the thing paul said when paul says pray without ceasing right how do you how do you really do it right because you can't literally live your life if you are verbally praying extemporaneous prayers all the time Mm -hmm. you know you can't have conversations with other people you can't you know like like there's something else right and so then that began to lead me to explore other other kinds of prayer traditions. And you mentioned in the intro, uh, the breath prayer, right? So mm-hmm. the most famous, the most famous breath prayer, of course, is the Jesus prayer. Um, uh, you know, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And this, this tradition of 
of praying a prayer that encapsulates uh, a larger desire, a larger hope, mm-hmm. but that is so short that you can pray it in the time it takes to breathe, or you could even pray it as a part of the act of breathing, where just as you breathe out and you breathe in, mm-hmm. in your mind and heart, right, you articulate this phrase as you breathe out, and then you articulate a phrase as you breathe in. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's very portable. You can take it with you. It doesn't require, you know, it doesn't require memorizing a long prayer. It doesn't, it doesn't require you being anywhere in particular. It doesn't require being at church, right? It's such something you can do in a moment when you need to reach out for something. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was really intriguing to me. And I had experimented with several different breath prayers and uh, use, began to use them. And, and then in the course of my ministry um, in, at Bridge City, the church where I pastor, you know, we really began talking a lot about um, several years ago what it means to think of our faith in Trinitarian terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I grew up again in a tradition that was kind of intellectual. And so the Trinity was sort of a, a doctrinal checkpoint that you just acknowledged. Yes, I believe that. That means I'm, you know, I'm in the group that believes this, these things, mm-hmm. but it, but it wasn't something that we really spent a lot of time with, um, you know, sort of God, the father seemed kind of distant and abstract. Jesus was the sort of point of access that we had to God that was sort of more welcoming and friendly. And the Holy spirit, at least in the tradition I grew up in was kind of this sort of woo woo thing that we weren't even really all that sure was okay. Right. You know, (laughs) Yeah. you know, we thought, we thought of churches that were really like sort of charismatic churches as being maybe overly emotional or immature or, you know, like maybe even open to influences that weren't that godly. Mm-hmm. And, and so we just didn't, we just didn't really think very much. We certainly didn't think theologically or robustly about the Trinity. And so several years ago, this became a conversation in my church and we began to talk about what it means to relate to God through the different personages of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. And so about that time, those two things came together for me. So we have my personal need for a prayer that has kind of a bigger space for my life and also something that is portable. And then um, this deeper exploration of the Trinity and my experience with breath prayers. And that all kind of came together. And I began um, praying things that, you know, sort of experimenting with different phrases, you know, mm-hmm. some different phrases from scripture, some different theological ideas, and just trying to find something that fit kind of with my sense of who I was learning God was and what I needed. And eventually, after some iterations, that led to, you know, the prayer that you found, the anchor prayer, mm-hmm. which is a very simple Trinitarian breath prayer. Mm-hmm. And I taught this, you know, I began to use it myself over a period of time and found it very meaningful and helpful. And after that, taught it to my church and used it as the basis for a a sermon series where we kind of went deep into the different elements of this prayer, which we'll talk about here briefly in a moment. Mm -hmm. And, and then 
other people in my community began to use it and find it really helpful. And that is kind of what keyed me into the idea that maybe this was worth sharing. And so I wrote this little guide um, that's available on my website that people can uh, that people can download. And so we use this prayer in my church. We we close our church service with it together. So it Aww. works as a it works as a kind of a communal prayer. I, I use it all the time and I've used it so much. And this is the exciting thing about breath prayers. Uh I prayed this prayer so much that now it literally comes to my mind without any effort when I'm breathing, Mm -hmm. which is amazing, right? To find myself in a place where for the first time in my life, I literally can do something that feels like what Paul was talking about Mm. when he says pray without ceasing, right? Uh Where I would wake I'll wake up in the morning and when I'm in that, that, that space, that liminal space between sleep and consciousness, the lines of this prayer will just start cycling through my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll, and I'll wake up with that consciousness of God's presence and my desire to rest in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in, you know, places where I'm struggling or feeling stressful, uh, that I can return to that prayer. And it's just, it's just, it's just within me now. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's totally new in my experience, right? Where I, where I grew up with this idea that, you know, prayer, you're, you're, you're having to think through your issues and pray them out and, and, and name everything and get your phrasing right. And this has freed me from that, where I can mm-hmm. just sort of, I can just breathe out these lines and um, my heart centers down into who God is and what God is doing and my desires and hopes for the work that God is doing in my life. And um, that is coming with less and less effort. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. And, you know, in a time like this, when so much is coming at us and there's been so much hardship and heartache, it's again, I just think a timely, uh, I like how practice, but, but it's all, ba- it's all uh, founded on scripture and the truth of who God is. So when you're praying it, it's also moving you into that place. So I, I realize we haven't even said what the prayer is. So do you mind <laughs> yes, sharing that yes. with us? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do that. Okay. So the prayer, the prayer itself is kind of a tip of the iceberg type of thing. There's a sequence of four phrases and each phrase is short enough that it's a breath in and a breath out. Mm-hmm. But each phrase touches on something central and essential about who I believe God is and what I want to be in relationship with God, right? Okay. So it's both, it's both a declaration of my belief about God and also my own statement of, of faith and desire. Like, this, mm-hmm. is who, this is who I want to be for you, with you. This is who I believe you're calling me to be. This is the work that I think you're doing. And so it starts, it's very simple, but each phrase opens up this very large um, theological space for reflection, which then can lead to other kinds of prayer, depending mm-hmm. on what's going on in my life. Right. So the, the, the prayer is Trinitarian. It's rooted in the, uh, the John 15 upper room experience. Uh-huh. And, um, and so it proceeds in four lines. So the first line is, I rest in faith, trusting father. 
And so in that line, we're acknowledging uh, God the Father, first person of the Trinity. We are acknowledging that God the Father is sovereign, that my relationship with God is a, is a relationship of trusting God's sovereignty and God's work in the world and in me, and that God's posture towards me is a posture of grace, that it is okay for me to rest in who God is and what God's up to. I can trust, I can trust God. Mm-hmm. And so the, the beginning of the prayer is almost an establishing of safety, right? I, this mm-hmm. is both, this is both what I believe and what I desire. I, mm-hmm. I want to be the kind of person who rests, who trusts. Um, that's the kind of person I want to be. And I believe that's who God is. God is a person that God provides that. So that first line, I rest in faith, trusting father. So there's kind of this, declaration of who God is and a commitment of, of what I want to be in relationship to God. Mm-hmm. Can I just interrupt you for a second? You know, yeah. what just dawned on me being my psychology brain went to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, us as humans, mm-hmm. we need that yeah. safety to feel safe first before yep. we can grow in other ways. So that's another reason this is so has such brilliance you know that it's it's and even if we don't feel safe yet with father the more you say it and you're going to talk about that you know our mental habits but we we're speaking to our soul like david did right reminding our soul what is true okay yeah well and and that raises interesting questions right because if the prayer starts i rest in faith trusting father and my experience of god is not a god that's safe right that brings that right to the surface. And now I need to attend to that, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it about my beliefs about God that portray God to me as unsafe? What is it about my beliefs about God that put me into a position where I don't feel like I could rest safely mm-hmm. in God's presence? And that's something that's something worth digging into, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe, or maybe that opens up other prayer where like today in this moment, I feel distant from God. Today mm-hmm. in this moment, I don't feel like God is present to me. So now there's a whole avenue of, of prayer that I can mm-hmm. attend to, whether I'm journaling or praying, you know, extemporaneously, that opens up that avenue. But that's the starting point, right? I rest, right. I rest in faith, trusting Father, right? Mm-hmm. The, beginning, the beginning of faith is trust. Yes. That's where it starts. So first phrase, I rest in faith, trusting Father. The second phrase then is, um, I walk in faith, following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we recognize the second person of the Trinity, uh, the Logos, Jesus Christ. Um, and and we tie recognizing Jesus to the fact that Jesus in the incarnation is a human who lived a human life. Mm-hmm. And so and so I also live a human life. And so the things that we do in life, Paul calls that our walk, mm-hmm. the things that we do. I want to live my life in such a way but I'm following after the ways and example and teaching of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, so, so where the first line is about grace, the first line mm-hmm. is about trust, trusting God's character. Mm-hmm. The second line is saying that I am called to something and I mm-hmm. want that. I right. want to follow Jesus. Well, that is my desire. I want to walk in the way that Jesus walked. Right. And so the second line, um, uh, 
I walk in faith. So that's talking about action. It's talking about mm-hmm. motion. It's talking about making choices. It's talking about the things that I say. I walk in faith, but it's not just in, in any direction. This isn't mm-hmm. just some kind of abstract faith. It's faith in Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm following Jesus and Jesus way. So now, so that's that second part, right? My life is now encompassed in this prayer. How, how do I live? What choices do I make following the way of Jesus? And that might open up a whole, a whole new avenue of prayer, Mm -hmm. right? That Mm -hmm. could, that could lead, that could lead me into the Lord's prayer where I, Mm -hmm. where I pray the, the words that Jesus gave me about how to align my life with his kingdom. It might lead me into prayers about choices that I have to make or uncertainties that I have about upcoming decisions, right? That's all encompassed in the, the following part, right? Trusting Jesus enough to follow his way. Mm-hmm. And then the, the third line, um, I hear in faith obeying spirit, right? So I grew up in a faith community where obedience was the beginning of our experience. It was mm-hmm. the first thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how that's how you showed love to God. You obeyed what God said. But I don't believe that we can obey God well uh, or maybe even fully if we don't trust. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And and that starts with understanding God's character and God, God's nature and trusting who God is, trusting that God's intents for us, intentions for us are good. And then having a model in Jesus to know what direction to orient our lives so now, now it's okay to listen to spirit, right? Spirit is very, can be very vague. It can be very amorphous. Sometimes I can think I'm hearing the spirit, but it's really just, you know, my own, my own preconceptions or my own frustrations with somebody at work or I ate bad pizza yesterday, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's all kinds of things I can attribute to the spirit. But if we start with the vision of God's character and the example of Jesus life and teaching, if those things sort of guide us, then listening to the spirit and obeying the spirit in the moment becomes a a doable and safe thing. Mm -hmm. And so, and so now that's the third line, right? I hear in faith, like, I don't know for sure, right? When the spirit speaks, it's not always clear to me that it's the spirit, but based on what I know about the character of God, based on what I know following the way of Jesus I'm going to receive the sense that I have that the spirit is speaking and I'm going to act on that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so now that, that desire, God, I want to hear from you. I want to have that kind of connection where I have a sense of your leading. And in order to, to do that, I, I really have to be committed to do the things you invite me to do to follow mm-hmm. through on them. Right. Right. And in fact, I, I think my experience is, that the more I am able and willing to obey the leadings of the spirit, the more often I hear them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and so those things kind of fall in sequence, right? So I rest in faith, trusting father. I walk in faith, following Jesus. I hear in faith, obeying spirit, but then it ends taking us back to John 15, because the point of this, and this is important for me, having grown up in a very legalistic faith tradition, right? The end of this is not accomplishment. Mm. right so Ooh, say say us... that again <laughs> say that again okay. it's so important <laughs> the the end of this process is not accomplishment or spiritual yeah. accomplishment or religious right. activity right mm-hmm. that's that's what so many of us have been led that that's what it looks like to become closer and closer to god is to become a more and more busy religious person right and and that's not the end of this prayer the end of this prayer is taken from john 15 and the end of the prayer is this declaration in you speaking of God entire, 
in you I remain. Mm-hmm. Right. And that remain word, you know, in the in the old King James, that was translated as abide. And it's that image of of a resting place of home, a, a place mm-hmm. of a centered place of belonging. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and so this journey isn't about making big things happen. It's not about, you know, some kind of spiritual accomplishment. It's not about demonstrating I'm a certain kind of religious person. It's really about growing in my experience of connectedness to God, that I can mm-hmm. remain centered in who God is and in and in even in God's presence, even when that's not something I, I feel, right? That mm-hmm. I can remain right. I can remain in faith that God is, that God is with me, that I'm seen, that I'm known, that I'm loved. And so that's, that's the whole prayer, right? And it becomes this cycle, right? When I pray it, I pray it repeatedly and it becomes this cycle where each line feeds into the next, right? So I rest in faith, trusting father that opens the doorway, that trust. I walk in faith, following Jesus. I want to align my life with who you've called me to be. I hear in faith, obeying spirit. I'm willing to do what you ask of me in you. I remain, I'm centered. I'm belonging to you. And because of that, I can begin again. I trust even more now I can rest more. Right. And it just cycles. It just cycles, you know? And so in terms of using the prayer, it can be, used in a wide variety of ways we can talk about that as well mm-hmm. but that's sort of the the kind of the theological structure of the prayer and what it's evoking for me as i pray it i love it and you talk about in that guide that is free downloadable on your website which thank you for that is a gift um how it's you know the foundation of this prayer is really what you call maybe the core of our christianity um, that this is what we were created for. And as I was reading it, I was, I was thinking about the Garden of Eden, you know, how God started this whole thing out with us and how he wanted to do life with us and walk and talk with him and create with him and, you know, just be at rest with him. And so this prayer kind of helps us to have a little bit of that heaven here on earth um, in the middle of our crazy world, right? Right. Well, what it does for me is it, it, it helps me break out of the fragmentation and busyness of the world that I live in Mm -hmm. and and recognize and acknowledge what's, what's true in a larger sense that Mm -hmm. even in this, even in this busy life where I've got to, you know, pick my kids up after school and I've got bills to pay and I've got Mm -hmm. obligations and appointments and deadlines and all that's buzzing around me. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for me to sort of give over to all of that that in the middle of that, I can be reminded, no, I'm, I'm held. I'm held mm-hmm. in the hands of trustworthy God. Mm-hmm. I have a sense of direction in the person, life and teaching of Jesus that guides mm-hmm. where I'm headed in life. And this isn't, this isn't like a distant historical thing. This is all uh, able to be present to me now through the spirit. And even right. if I don't, even in this moment, if I'm not like feeling spirit goosebumps, if I'm not right. having a, Right. Even if I'm not having a mystical experience, that I am still in God's presence. That's right. Because so I, this, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, sorry. go ahead. No, I'm so excited. Keep going. Well, just to say, that's the thing I need, right? Because my mm-hmm. mind disassociates so much from that and, and can make our theological commitments as Christians can turn them into abstractions that have nothing to do with this moment. Right. Right. And that's some of, I think, those forces that you talk about that come against us and and, um, resisting that is about staying in that 
simply profound truth of who God says he is, who he says we are, and what's available to us through spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's almost in, in a sense, I think it frees us. Like when you talk about resisting mm-hmm. these things that come against us. And in a sense, I think what this does is it frees us from resisting uh-huh. in, into just being present with what's real, right? Like resisting for me, that has, that has the sense of a lot of emotional energy that right. I'm putting out that I'm putting out to hold off these mm-hmm. difficult or painful things. Right. And, and this is actually saying, no, don't put the energy into that at all. Put the energy into remembering that you're held in God's hands. Put yes. the energy into remembering that Jesus has walked this path. You're not alone into remembering that the spirit is present. Uh-huh. And, and, and maybe you may find that just by drawing your mind to that, the stuff that you were putting energy into resisting becomes less of a concern to you. That's so good. And, you know, it's make me think of the Psalm 46, 10, be still and know. Um, yes. And, yes. Yeah. That, and we, but that's the lives of the enemy, the culture, the world is that we've got to do the striving. We've got to do the work. And some of our Christian cultures also, um, I know I grew up in one that, uh, you know, reinforced that. So this comes against that, but you know what? It's almost too easy, right? We think this can't work. It's too easy. We're not doing enough, <laughs> which is part, part of the problem. It's got to be about us and not about him. Well, you know, right. mm-hmm. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, those of us who have the, the luck or misfortune of growing up in this modern um, post-enlightenment Western mm-hmm. capitalist society, we, we really believe that, that effort creates product. Mm-hmm. That's the effort, effort makes fruit. We believe that to the core of our being. Right. But that is not how we're made, mm-hmm. right? Tree, trees don't put out effort to make fruit. They right. make fruit in accordance with their nature. Mm-hmm. And that is also true of you and I, right? We make fruit in accordance with our nature. And so the, the, a prayer like the anchor prayer, and there's many, there's many ways to do this, right? You could pray the Psalms. You could, Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of ways you could do it. Right. But for me, the anchor prayer has been particularly meaningful because it's been like this persistent fertilizer, this Mm. persistent, this persistent food into the garden of my soul Mm-hmm. And I'm not putting out effort going, oh, I got to, I got to remember right. to trust God again today. Right. I'm just, I'm just watering this intention and mm. over now, over several years now, I, this prayer has been a central part of my life for four, almost five years over years, that persistent fertilizing has on its own without effort generated fruit. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing that we're looking for here. That's, right. that means that it's real. I'm not pretending to right. trust God more. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm finding that I trust God more. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are different. Like one is about my effort and my work and my intention. And I'm, I'm muscling it up to, oh, I'm going to trust God today. And the other is that just by kind of a faithful attending to this fertilizing of my soul, it turns out I am trusting God more. Isn't that something that is so, it, this is so good. And again, it's so counter cultural. That's why I love it. 
And, you know, I'm in a season of life I mentioned that is so different from what I operated out of for 55 plus years where I'm doing nothing. I'm in air quotes right here, nothing um, compared to what I used to do. But I'm finding what you're talking about because God has been calling me into this without your anchor prayer. Thank you very much. Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. has ways of doing these things. Um, yeah, but yeah, for what I keep hearing is less is more, meaning less of what I do and more of resting, trusting, believing, obeying, um, as a fruit of that. So I, it just, yeah, fires me up. One of the things I love that you talked about, I loved how you said this was, you know, you've been so many busy places in your life and we've all traveled and had all these and been to concerts and all that. But the busiest place on earth is your mind. I love (laughs) how you point that out. It is so true and so real. So let's talk about that. And yeah, what do we do about that? Yeah, I think this is one of the things that makes a breath prayer so uh, effective and powerful for us. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, we have our mind, our mind, just the way our minds work. uh, They're very, they're very full. They're very busy your brain's primary job is to help you survive. And so it's going to bring to mind any unresolved issues that Mm -hmm. it thinks you need to attend to. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that could be, that could be little issues like, Oh, did I turn the stove off after dinner all the way up to, Oh yeah, I forgot to change the laundry up to, did I get back to that person at work up to, am am I going to have enough money to retire up to, I'm worried, I'm worried about health insurance. And is that spot on my arm, something like, you know, like Mm -hmm. all the, all that stuff is buzzing around in our heads all the time. And in the way I was raised in extemporary prayer, your prayer only kind of works if you name all that stuff, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to make the list, you right. gotta go through all of right. that stuff and pray all of that stuff. Or you have to just do sort of a blanket prayer, like, God, you know, all the craziness that's going on in my head. So just, you know, be with it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. And, and you, you kind of th- go ahead. No, I was going to say mine is your will be done here. Right, <laughs> That's exactly. It. exactly. Yeah. Lord, Lord have mercy. Right. Yeah. And, and theologically maybe you're okay with that, but it mm-hmm. then doesn't necessarily have the, the soul care. Right. That you, that you entrusted each of these things to God. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what's been interesting is that, you know, liturgical churches, like I said, have long had, you know, memorized prayers and liturgical prayers that kind of address these things. But kind of the evangelical and evangelical adjacent community that I grew up in doesn't really have those resources. And what's been interesting in the last, you know, I don't know, 20 years or so has been seeing how many folks that grew up in similar churches that I grew up in have actually gone outside of the Christian tradition to Mm. resource this need. Mm. And so, and so they'll go to um, a lot of uh, Eastern religions are very attentive to the busyness of our mind. Mm. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, there, there's different kinds of meditation and breath meditation and mantra praying and things mm-hmm. like that. And those things really are effective. They are, they mm-hmm. are effective because those religions have focused on in a way that Christianity has not, they've focused on the idea that the busyness and the, the, the fragmentation in our minds is actually a problem for our spiritual lives. Yes. That's, that's not something that Western Christianity has paid attention to. Right. 
And so, and so folks are, are going to these other traditions because they need to address that. And, and, and many of them are Christian people and they're incorporating these things into their Christian practice. And so uh-huh. what I love, what I love about the Jesus prayer as a breath prayer and, and the anchor prayer, you know, kind of coming out of that same tradition is that we're taking explicitly Christian theology explicitly mm-hmm. Christian ideas about who God is right, and, and doing the same thing, which mm-hmm. is a practice that allows us to be present to the moment that we're in. Right. Mm. Like even, even the um, kind of extemporaneous prayers tend to be about the past and the future. You know what I mean by that? Right. Well, I can like unpack I'm, that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, so I tend to be praying about things that happened, like, God, I'm sorry about, uh-huh. you know, and this thing, this thing happened and I feel really bad about that. And then about the future, like, mm. will you got, will you guide me when this happens? Will you provide in this way? And th- that's, those are all normal human needs. We, mm-hmm. you know, we repent of the past. We worry about the future. That's a normal human thing. Right. But, but what doesn't happen is that we don't, spend a lot of time in this one present moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the trouble the trouble with that for christians is that this one present moment is literally the only place where we have access to the spirit amen mm-hmm. right that 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 our our in this is going to be a big idea compressed into a couple sentences okay our 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 lived experience as human beings that live in time our life intersects with the infinite life of God in mm. only one place. Mm. And that is the one present moment. Wow. Okay. Mm. So if my body and mind are caught up in the past or the future, mm-hmm. my attention, my attention is not on the one place where God literally is for me. Mm. Right. God is present with me here right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so breath prayers tap into that because your breathing is the most fundamental part of living in this moment mm-hmm. right now, right now I'm breathing in right, right now. I'm breathing out mm-hmm. right now. My body, my body is here in this moment, breathing air in and breathing air out so that I can be alive. Mm-hmm. That is the most fundamental practice of continuing to live. Right. 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 And so when we bring a prayer into that exchange, we're inviting, we're bringing ourselves into the awareness of God's presence right in this minute, mm. right? So when I, when I breathe out and in my mind and heart, while I breathe out, I say, or I breathe in first, I rest in faith, trusting father, trusting father. And then I breathe out. I walk in faith, following Jesus. And then I breathe in, I hear in faith, obeying spirit. And then I breathe out in you I remain. Mm-hmm. When those lines get attached to my breath, I'm not thinking about trusting God in the future or how I didn't trust God yesterday. I'm not thinking about following God next week, following Jesus next week. I'm not thinking about how the spirit might speak to me this weekend at church. I'm I'm inviting all of that into this moment. Mm-hmm. Right right now right here. Right. And the more I do it, the more I practice it, and the more it becomes natural to me, the more I just am then present to that. 
Yes. And, and the reality that in this moment, I can trust God. In this moment, Jesus' mm. life is meaningful and relevant to me. In mm-hmm. this moment, I can hear the Spirit, or I want to. Mm-hmm. You know? and, mm-hmm. and, that, and that is, that's really helpful. So you started this segment by talking about the fragmentation and busyness of our mind. So when I do the breath prayer in the way I've described, it sort of sweeps all of that busyness to the side because in my in my consciousness i'm thinking and praying these lines mm-hmm. and in my in my body i'm breathing in and out which has a certain pacing and i can even be attentive to that pacing if i'm feeling stressed you know my breath will be faster and i can notice that and i can actually slow my breath down which actually has an impact on my limbic system and actually slows down my brain Uh so that my stress level diminishes right Uh and and i'm attaching i'm attaching that i'm not just doing it in a sort of kind of non-sectarian breath meditation which has absolutely has wonderful impact on your brain i mean Uh breath meditation is a Uh tested Uh clinically proven tool that makes a great difference both in terms of pain management and stress management and all that. Right. But I'm not doing it in that way. I'm taking how God made me the reality of my breath and body. And I'm marrying that to this declaration of faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and so in this moment, as my mind is cluttered, I, I pray this prayer while I'm breathing, I slow my breathing and the prayer occupies my conscious attention and I do it for, for a while, you know, sometimes if I'm really struggling, I will do this for several minutes. Mm-hmm. And what will happen is the words of the breath prayer will slowly just sort of recede into my consciousness and my body de-stresses. And sometimes I'll go into a more um, explicit kind of prayer Sometimes I'll, I'll journal to kind of work through something between me and God. Sometimes Uh it's just, it's just resting in that presence for a few minutes before I get up and proceed with the next thing in my day. But now I proceed from a centered place. I proceed Uh from a place that has acknowledged God's presence with me now and my desire to rest in him. Mm. Mm. It's so powerful. And there's so many scriptures coming to my mind, but I'm thinking, and this is how I quote scripture. Somewhere in the Bible, it says something like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But, Paul, Paul pulled that too sometimes. Yeah, I know, which makes me feel so much better. But, you know, like, uh, but we are body, soul, and spirit. And it's ministering to all of who God made us to be and all of who he is. So it's like heaven invading earth in, in this moment right now. So we could call this Christian mindfulness. We know, again, studies on mindfulness talk about how powerful it is, but this is, it, it, you know, a lot of Christians get um, weirded out by that word, but it's really, when you combine it with truth of God and scripture, Mm -hmm. then we're, then we're in safe space and it is ministering to holistically in the way that the Bible talks about. Right, because because what we're doing with a breath prayer like this that has explicitly Christian content 
is we're not just being attentive to our own mind, which is what mindfulness is. Mm-hmm. We are being attentive to the mind of Christ in us. Right? Yes, I like and that. So, and so that is the, that's the thing, right? The, the truth of mindfulness meditation is that it helps us slow our breathing. Mm-hmm. It helps us ramp. It helps us ramp down a limbic system that's been overcharged. And because it does those things, it opens up the possibility for our critical mind to be able to be more open and available to see the world around us. Well, that's all mm-hmm. like proven and tested, but, right. but, but I believe God made us. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that the way our mind and body works is a part of God's intention and design. And so when we can marry that with what we believe about who God is and who God's calling us to be, now we're not just paying attention to our body in this present moment, because as Christians, we don't just believe we're on our own in this present moment. Right, right. We believe, we believe that we are in Christ and through the spirit, God is present to us in this mm-hmm. present moment, right? Mm-hmm. So the anchor, the anchor prayer, and I think why it, I gave it the name, the anchor prayer, is because by, by acknowledging these truths, it is anchoring us in mm-hmm. what is real mm-hmm. in the moment, yes. right? Ra- rather than allowing the moment to sort of push us so violently aside in the way that the, the modern world with its speed and fragmentation does. Like every moment we're getting, we're getting knocked around. Yes. And so, and so this, this practice is saying, okay, that is the reality of your life anchor yourself in what's true. God Mm -hmm. is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Jesus is our way, not just Mm -hmm. our salvation, but our way. Right. The spirit is present and actually can communicate with us. Anchor yourself in those things. Mm -hmm. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so then when, when I, when I do that, right, sometimes to help kind of make this clearer to your listeners, you know, sometimes I'm explicitly thinking stuff like this. Like when I pray, I'm explicitly thinking about God's mm-hmm. trustworthiness and God's character and particular aspects of Jesus' teaching. Like I actually think about those things. But sometimes when I pray this, I'm not thinking about those things at all. Mm. I'm just I'm just acknowledging the tip of the iceberg, right? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. just coming back to who do I want to be? I want to be a person that trusts God's character. I want to be a person that walks Jesus' mm. way. I want to be a person that listens to the Spirit, right? And and that just acknowledging that is this kind of identity marker for mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. right? That, that when I'm in place of confusion or stress, so, so often the confusion or stress be- comes because I don't know who to be in this moment. That's a good one. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to respond in this moment. Who am I mm-hmm. going to be here? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so the anchor prayer is anchoring me back into the very best of our faith tradition of who we are called to be right mm-hmm. image bearers image bearers well what's the image the image of christ the who is the image bearer of the father and so it's not you know it's this marriage between who do we believe god is and who do we believe god's calling us to be mm-hmm. those two things sync up together mm-hmm. and so sometimes the anchor prayer leads me to meditate deeply and explicitly on those things and sometimes the anchor prayer is just simply an anchor mm-hmm. that holds me to deeper things that I'm not going to think about right now because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 
sitting in the car with my daughter who's learning how to drive and it's super stressful. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, so I'm not like doing theological exposition in my mind, but you're, I am, you're in but survival. I, <laughs> yeah. Right. But I am, but I am centering myself. That's right. I trust you, father. Yeah. I trust you, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's what's happening. And so it can go in both of those directions depending on what is needful. Yeah. Which is again, some of the brilliance of it. I love it. You talk about the Holy Spirit being God's game plan. I, I again, I love that wording. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Okay, um, I if I was the one who ran the zoo, mm-hmm. uh, I would have uh, developed a much clearer point by point. Yes. manual of procedures <laughs> yes when we, that, we evolved. <clears throat> that that there would be no like multiple versions of it would be one version it would it would there would be no vagueness to it at all it would have clear headings about every explicit kind of situation you might find yourself in and and that's that's how i would have done it and that's not that's not what God chose, mm-hmm. right? God God chose a path where the book that we have is uh, is in you know in the phrasing that you have, right? This sort of simple but profound, mm-hmm. right? There are parts of the Bible that are simple. There are parts of the Bible that are complicated. There are parts of it that feel profound. There are parts of it that are profound if you spend a lot of time working with them. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not it's not the book I would have designed, right? And I'm, I'm with Pete Enns on that. I think the reason why it's that way is because God, as an act of grace and love, let his children write the story. <laughs> and when the kids write the story, they don't write it in the way the parent might. Mm. And, and, so, and so what we have then is um, a, a Bible that's rich and full of guidance, but isn't like a HR manual. Mm-hmm. And so then if, if that's the case, what was, what was God's plan to guide us? Mm-hmm. Because clearly God's plan wasn't to give us point by point instructions that cover every conceivable thing we're ever going to come across with exact steps to take. That's not the plan God chose. Well, Jesus in the upper room tells the disciples the plan. And the plan is that uh, when I go, I'm going to send the spirit. And the spirit is going to come to you and the spirit is going to do a couple things. The spirit is going to remind you of everything that I said. Yes. And, and is going to convict you of truth and righteousness and is going to comfort you. Mm. And that's, and that's the plan. And what that means, which is really like, that's both exciting and scary. Right. (laughs) Because, because what it means is that God's plan is something that reaches to us in whatever circumstance we're in. Like we may not have the Bible with us. We may not have ever heard a sermon that applies to our particular crisis. We may not be in a place in the world like, you know, the Ukrainians, there are Ukrainians Mm -hmm. today in hiding that don't have access to a pastor or a Bible. Mm -hmm. And they're having to make decisions about who they're going to be in the moment that they're in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so God's, the exciting part is God's plan reaches into, into that, into Mm -hmm. that. The spirit is there. The spirit Mm -hmm. is with you and the spirit can guide you. So Mm -hmm. that's exciting. Yeah. The scary thing is the scary thing is that you aren't going to get the kind of certainty you would get from a, an HR manual. Right. Like you are going to have to test, you're going to have to try, you're going to have to step out in faith and do a thing and maybe you did it right or maybe you didn't and you're going to have to own it and apologize and try again like you know that's that's mm-hmm. complicated and difficult. Mhm. And so 
God, but that's the path that God chose, right? Right. And so I think that's a function of God's character in that love gives us space to explore. I think that's a part of love. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that it's part of us having the opportunity to learn and grow. And so then that means for people like me, you know, I grew up in a church that didn't emphasize the Holy Spirit very much. It means that I had to learn what that mm-hmm. meant. How, how, what does it actually mean to listen to the spirit? How do I practice that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so then this prayer is part of that for me, because again, the only place my life intersects with the life of God is the one present moment. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in this moment, how am I ever going to hear from God? Right. right. So, you know, it, in my particular story, I spent a lot of time, you know, and up until I, up until about 10 years ago and being in therapy and going through a lot of stuff, I spent a lot of time avoiding the present moment, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so through, through various mechanisms of control and emotional dissociation and spiritualizing, I, I would not live in the present moment because the present moment was painful for me. Right. And, and so that's got to be attended to. Mm-hmm. And so, and so if I'm going to hear the spirit speak in such a way that I can follow the spirit's guidance, I have to be in this one present moment. How am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. And there are lots of, you know, that's a big conversation for right. a whole other day, you know, but the anchor prayer at least attempts to remind me that this is what's real. Mm-hmm. And, and as a breath prayer becomes a practice for me to become more and more attentive to the present moment. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you do have some teaching online, right? Uh, on yes. the hearing, right? So that's a resource people can uh, look up. And I'll leave all that in my show notes and things. Man, Mark, there's so much I could keep talking to you about, but we are probably at time to land the plane. But what you just said, I think is so important that, re- you know, receiving love from God um, and trusting him and helps us be who we want to be um, because that you said something earlier that I think our, we are desperate for, and that is to be seen, known and loved, right? Yes. So what right. everybody wants and needs. And we know again, psychologically, those are some of the, the biggest motivating factors for people and we are seen, known and loved and so um, in Christ, and so with, with this prayer, people can access that more um, and the beauty of that. And then it transforms our life naturally. Like you said, there's that abiding, remaining. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything else about that you want to say or any last words of wisdom before we close up? Well, I think I would end by saying that I think one of the most essential or important things for us to pursue as followers of Jesus is the experience of remaining. Mm -hmm. And however you go about that, that's the thing that matters. The anchor Mm -hmm. is one tool. There are lots and lots of tools. There are lots Mm -hmm. of different ways that you can do it. I would never, ever claim that the anchor prayer is, you know, the only way to do this. It's been meaningful. It's been meaningful for me and, and folks in my community, but the main thing is that we are not called into a faith that's about accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not measured by a certain kind of product or output. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's grace to us doesn't come because we 
we accomplished our religious practices in the right way a certain mm-hmm. number of times you know like we 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 are not good in this in this culture and this age we are not good at at resting right and, and mm-hmm. so that becomes i think mission 1 for mm-hmm. for american for modern american christians how how do you learn to practice being still uh listening interiorly to the spirit uh remaining how do you do that cuz that's mm-hmm. that's what the upper room is all about that is Jesus is saying, the thing that matters is that you remain in me. And that's an experience we can have. And for me, the anchor prayer has been a part of helping me have that experience in a more uh, regular and ongoing way. Yeah, I love that. Right. And that reminds me of Hebrews 4, when it talks about the resting place, and we can have that today. And again, this is one avenue of entering into that. And um yeah. It, so real quick, all my years of counseling, the last 20 years, I combined Holy Spirit with the psychological. And if somebody stayed in the game, so to speak, long enough, where God always brought them, where spirit always brought them was into that resting place. Yeah. So I just I think, you know, that just highlights the importance. And that's really uh, what God desires for us, because then all the good things spring from that. Um all of his goodness and, and the fruits, et cetera. And that's that abiding. So Mark, thank you so, so much for blessing us today and just sharing this so freely. And I am praying more people hear about it. Cause like you said, it's not the only way of course, and it, you're not even claiming it as um, you know, some great spiritual practice, but you're saying it helps and it works and it draws us into Christ deeper. And so it's an access. And I love that. Right. Yeah. Yep. But well, it's been, yeah. a, it's been a real treat. Thank you so much for the conversation. Oh, yeah, Mark. And um, do you mind closing us out in prayer? Actually, what I'd like to do, if you don't mind, is yeah. to just lead us uh, together and the listeners Perfect. who are with us in, in the anchor prayer. So I'll just, I'll just tell you the lines again so that you have okay. them kind of keyed up in your, in your mind. And Uh then I will just slowly lead us through. And in this case, what I want to invite you to do is um, while I say the lines, um, just uh, breathe in with the first line and hear the line that I'm saying. And and if you want to say it in your mind, you can breathe out with the second line. Um, And again, you can just listen to me or you can say the line in your mind, breathe in with the third line and breathe out with the fourth line. And uh, we'll just end that way together. And so I'll just tell you the lines now and then take a moment of silence and then lead you in the prayer. So the lines again are, I rest in faith, trusting father. I walk in faith, following Jesus. I hear in faith, obeying spirit in you. I remain. Breathing in, I rest in faith, trusting Father. Breathing out, I walk in faith, following Jesus. Breathing in, I hear in faith, obeying Spirit. Breathing out, in you, I remain. Amen. Well, I am 
sure you are blessed like I am blessed by this Simply Profound Prayer. I challenge you to memorize it this week and the weeks to come and to use it. I use it in the middle of the night. You know, when you wake up and your brain is thinking about all the bazillion things and sometimes the busiest, I go to that prayer and it helps my brain settle and usually I fall right back to sleep. And if not, I have some really good time with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I feel edified and peace comes on me. So rate it, review it, share it, and let's get the word out. And I hope you have a good week, and I'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you.